Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by AJ Wilcox, and we're going to explore LinkedIn ad retargeting. You're going to find it absolutely fascinating. By the way, want to reach me on Instagram? I am at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button so you do not miss a future episode. Finally, are you on Clubhouse? If so, check me out. I'm at Stelzner. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by AJ Wilcox. If you don't know who AJ is, you got to know who this guy is. He is the world's leading expert on LinkedIn ads and founder of B2 Linked, a LinkedIn ad agency that helps businesses drive high quality leads at scale. He's also author of the book, LinkedIn ads demystified and host of the LinkedIn ads show podcast. AJ, welcome back to the show. So excited to be back for round three. Awesome to have you back today. AJ and I are going to explore LinkedIn ad retargeting. Now I know a lot of people listening to this show are going to be familiar with Facebook retargeting and maybe Google retargeting, but we're going to spend some time talking about LinkedIn. Now, before we go there, AJ, I would love you to share with my audience that's intimately familiar with Facebook advertising, why maybe they ought to consider LinkedIn ads. What's the value prop? Why ought they maybe take another look at LinkedIn ads? Yeah, well, if you know Facebook ads, you'll understand the value behind LinkedIn. Uh, if you've ever tried to you know, do something with business to business on Facebook, it's really difficult to reach the right people and your sales team. And same thing with Google. The sales team will continually report like, you know, low quality leads, people who don't have the right authority to purchase, especially if you have a high ticket item or high ticket service, like it's really difficult to drive the right quality and amount of leads with either Google or Facebook. So LinkedIn has that in droves. You can micro target down to someone's role and seniority and company size and industry, and it's highly, highly scalable. So that I think is the biggest reason why you'd want to use LinkedIn ads, especially if you have a high lifetime value or a high cost. Now, give us a little bit of the demographics off the top of your head as far as the kinds of people that are on LinkedIn. And isn't it true that if I was targeting an expensive product, even if it's consumer-based, for example, let's say I'm targeting people that want to buy real estate or people that want to buy a house or people that want to buy, I don't know, RVs or whatever. I mean, I would imagine, you know, that I could target them specifically from a B2B capacity on LinkedIn as well, couldn't I? Yeah, absolutely. The cool part about LinkedIn is about every kind of at least white collar professional is there. 
And so whether we're targeting the CEOs of the Fortune 1000 or school teachers, I mean, anyone who works at a computer is likely going to be on LinkedIn. We do find audiences like, let's say, doctors or dentists are far less active because they don't work at a computer, but they are still reachable. So the one thing that everyone who's tried LinkedIn ads knows is they're really expensive compared to Facebook. You know, we're paying like 8 to $12 per click on average there. And so that's why it's really important to make sure that you do have a, a high lifetime value. I say anything over about 15K is probably a, a total no-brainer. How many people do you know off the top of your head are, are on LinkedIn and is it worldwide or is it mostly in, in North America? Yeah, they actually have more people on LinkedIn outside of North America than inside now. They, they kind of hit that tipping point here a few years ago. Last number that I heard, I think was 725 million. So we're not in Facebook territory or Instagram territory. It's still a big number though. That's a massive number. Yeah, big number. Plus they are the right people that you can find by their title and experience and all that. Is it safe to assume they're mostly English speaking or is it in foreign languages as well? It is in foreign languages, but I think it's limited to only like 32 languages outside of English. So every time we target someone outside of an English speaking country, we still run an English focused campaign at them as well as in their language. So whether their profile is set to English or whether it's set to their native language, uh, we can still hit them in both. Do you have any sense of what the, the user that's active on LinkedIn, like why are they coming back to LinkedIn and how often are they coming back? Because I think this is probably what's in the minds of a lot of people. Facebook seems to draw everybody in dozens of times per day. What's the kind of user behavior from your experience on LinkedIn, just so people can understand? Well, the exciting thing is if, if you would have asked me back in 2013, I would have said LinkedIn is a platform for when you're job searching. So people come back once every six months to update their resume or anytime they're looking for a job. And then in, you know, like 2014 is when they rolled out the news feed and content where all of us could share and, and write articles. Mm -hmm. And so what we've seen in, in the most recent years, it's become much more of a social network, much more of a uh, a place where conversation and real learning is going on. And it's still great if you're looking for a job, but that's not all it does. Yeah. And I find myself coming on there uh, multiple times a day. You know, I'm mostly just checking my updates, you know, to see what kind of activity has happened on the posts that I'm doing. But I think you're right. I see a lot of activity on there. And now that there's stories on there, um, I think a lot of people are going and checking those things out because they only last so long and they disappear. So I feel like LinkedIn has kind of finally grown up to be a lot like the other social platforms. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Facebook is still the, the platform that people are going to spend. I, I think it was like last study I saw was 37 minutes per day spent on Facebook. Right. And on LinkedIn, it's like, 18 minutes per week. <laughs> so it's certainly a lot less than Facebook, but that actually works really well to our favor as advertisers because your ads aren't going to saturate and tire an audience out nearly as quickly either. You know, it works really well. So we're not having to refresh creative once a week, like you might on Facebook. Perfect. So let's get into retargeting kind of at a, at a high level. What exactly can we do with retargeting on LinkedIn? Well, first off, the reason why retargeting is so exciting with LinkedIn is because LinkedIn sends traffic that is ultra valuable. You know, every single one of the, the people who are seeing your ads, uh, if this is who you're targeting, is a VP or above at a tech company with more than 500 employees. So you have access to this very brilliant VIP kind of traffic, and it's also really expensive. So you want to do the very most with it possible. 
Well, the big challenge is like I've been telling people for years, uh, use LinkedIn to send traffic to your website and then rely on your Facebook and your Google retargeting to do the most possible with it because they are such better retargeting platforms. Absolutely, like Facebook wins in the retargeting game, but we find increasingly more and more people who are, are starting to use LinkedIn's lead gen forms. And for a while we were like, wow, so if we're not sending traffic to the client's website, instead we're keeping them on LinkedIn, we lose out on that ability to retarget them with you know Google and Facebook for cheaper. And so the retargeting we've had in the past from LinkedIn, they released it in 2017, is the website retargeting. But as I'm sure we'll talk about, it's entirely reliant on cookies, which is really problematic in you know today when uh, when cookies are starting to get discarded very quickly. So what can we do then specifically? So what I'm hearing you say is LinkedIn retargeting does rely on cookies, but you're saying that's becoming less valuable. Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, I think certainly anything cookie based is becoming less valuable, but LinkedIn's retargeting was just very weak up until uh, here. It was actually around the beginning of, of 2020. They released event retargeting. And this is the beginning of a whole category of types of audiences that you can build of, of people who are staying on LinkedIn, which is really cool. Now we can retarget them, whether they go to a, a landing page with LinkedIn, Google, and Facebook, or if they stay on LinkedIn, uh, we can start to retarget them by their behaviors actually on platform. Got it. So I think what I'm hearing you say is the old way of retargeting, which technically Facebook and everybody else does, is you go to you send them off platform to your website and then you, re, you try to retarget them to bring them back. And it sounds like with everything that's been going on with the privacy stuff, right? When, you know, iOS updates and everything else, that now the new way, at least for LinkedIn, is to do event retargeting, which isn't quite the same as uh, cookie-based retargeting, but it's based on events or activities that people do uh, with your content, presumably, or with your page on the platform. Is that correct? Is that Am I hearing that right? Yeah, exactly. If you're focused on just cookies, you're you're waiting for someone's browser to identify who they are to you. And, you know, with, with all the browsers that are starting to throw cookies out, uh, it's a very weak way of figuring out who you know. Google and Facebook jumped on this train quite a while ago. They do use cookies, but when you are logged into a platform, which everyone's always logged into Google and Facebook, then the browser is going to remember their cookie because they're logged in, so it's highly trusted. With LinkedIn, though, they haven't built that event basis into it like Google and Facebook have. So it's it's been really weak for a while, and now we're starting to see like they're they're catching up to Google and Facebook. So let's dig in on this event retargeting concept and talk about like what exactly you can do. What can you retarget? Said another way, of the activity that people participate in on LinkedIn, how can you retarget those people? Like, what are the options? Well, when they released event retargeting, this was in March of 2020, the first two kinds of retargeting they gave us were if someone either opened or filled out an on LinkedIn, what they call a lead gen form ad. And so this is really cool because it used to be that if someone you know, clicked on one of your ads, but didn't make it to the landing page, we lost them entirely. They wouldn't be part of a retargeting audience, even though we paid for them. 
But now with the LinkedIn lead gen forms, we can track the audience who opened the form and those who converted on it separately. And then as you know, Mike, the video ads on both YouTube and Facebook are incredible. Marketers have been screaming about how wonderful they are for years. And so much of what made them wonderful was this ability to retarget people by how much of a video they watched. Well, in March of 2020, LinkedIn released that as well, where we can now say, if you've watched at least two seconds, or if you've watched 25% or 50%, now you can retarget those viewers, as long as you have at least 300 of them categorized. Okay, cool. So we talked about the video viewers, we talked about, and we're going to dig in on all this stuff. We talked about the lead generation ads. Are there other things that you can do with event retargeting that we haven't addressed at a macro level before we dig a little deeper? Yeah, the really exciting stuff, and this is uh, what gets me really excited, is uh, they started to release a whole bunch of new audiences that we can retarget. And I believe this is just the very beginning. So we can target people who have visited your company's page. And that gets exciting because obviously if they haven't filled out a form, we don't even know what they're doing. LinkedIn gives you very basic analytics. Well, now we can build an, an audience around that. And we can also retarget those who have said that they're interested in a LinkedIn event. LinkedIn events came out kind of mid-2020. And so you can actually schedule a LinkedIn Live. You can schedule a Zoom webinar, anything you want. And now with events, you can put someone in an audience of, you know, they've wanted to view our content in the past. So now they're going to be a nice, warm audience in the future. Sweet. Okay, cool. So what I'm hearing you say is you can target people that watch the videos people that interact with your forms, people that visit your company page, and people that somehow interact with your LinkedIn events. So what I would love to do is maybe dig in on each one of these. Let's start with video viewers. Maybe you can just share a little bit about how it works and possibly maybe some examples or use cases that you've seen. Yeah, so with video viewing, like I said, as long as you have an audience of at least 300 people, you can start running an ad towards it. And so if you've been running an ad for a little while, and let's say anyone who's watched at least two seconds, or you can do 25%, 50%, 75%, or 100% of a video, you can add to an audience. And what I think is the best use case here is from a very high level awareness perspective, you can tell a story through video that you wouldn't be able to communicate with like five downloads of a white paper, you know? So if... If I had a video set of sequences where maybe if they watched at least 50% of the first video in the sequence, then we show the next one and you can keep telling them a story over time. I think that's probably my favorite way to use video to tell a story. Okay, a couple quick clarifying questions. Are the video, these are organic videos that we posted presumably on our page. And you're saying that, did you say they had to have at least 300 views to be targetable or did I hear that incorrectly? Oh, actually, they're not available for organic, at least yet. I really hope we can. I hope we can retarget anyone who's watched. So these are video views from ads is what you're saying. Exactly. Yep. So that's an important clarification. So yes. when you put up a video ad, was there a certain number of viewers that needed to watch that video ad before you can retarget to them? Yes or no? Yes. As long as you have 300 people who have hit whatever that threshold is level is that you want. So if you hit the 50% threshold and then at least 300 people have done that, then you can start advertising the second one in the sequence. Got it. So specifically with video ads, are they automatically muted? That's an important question for people to understand. Or are they unmuted? Yes. Very similar to Facebook. They autoplay muted. 
and the majority of people are going to watch them muted. So it's really important to have subtitles so you can still draw people in. Now, how long can a video ad be? I think technically you're allowed to have one that's up to 30 minutes. But of course, we know that people are not going to watch an ad that long unless it's really, really good. So we like specifically to keep them shorter. Anything that's in kind of the Instagram territory of like 15 seconds to 45 seconds is probably good ammo for LinkedIn. Do you find that some of the best organic videos on LinkedIn can be turned into video ads to kind of increase the reach of that content? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I really do. I think LinkedIn is absolutely ripe for someone to come and do really good viral videos. You know, Facebook, YouTube, they've all had them from a consumer perspective, but LinkedIn is ripe for having, you know, a very B2B uh, viral video. And yeah, I'm still waiting to see when this happens, but absolutely, if you have something that is engaging uh, to an organic audience, exposing that to your highly targeted audience is the best thing you could do. Let's say we have a 60 second video ad and can we set up a whole bunch of retargeting options? Like maybe we, the first half of the ad was all value and the second half was pitch. And we know that people never got to the second half or barely got to just before the pitch. Could we retarget the people that, you know, basically watched less than half of it with the, the other half? Do you understand where I'm going with this? Yes, absolutely. You could totally do that. You build two separate audiences, 50% or less or 50% or more, and then you can show them two different experiences. Interesting. Just out of curiosity, what kind of call to actions can people have on video ads? You can really have any call to action you want. Uh, we find that depending on the creative, depending on the video and what it's set up to do, um, you can either get people to skip past the top of the funnel to, you know, filling out a form. If you're explaining the value of here's what you're going to get out of this, or a lot are just using it as pure awareness, like get to know us so that when you do start seeing our ads, uh, you're much more likely to, to convert. Can you target people, for example, that were on the desktop that were video viewers and retarget to them on mobile only with videos? Do you understand where I'm going with that or vice versa? Yes, this one's a painful point for me because um, LinkedIn, it seems like they have implemented the vast majority of the table stakes from other platforms, but the control over which device is being targeted is still one that we don't have. So it's everyone, regardless of desktop or mobile is what I'm hearing you say. Exactly. Yeah. And we know 80% of, of people from the feed or from the messaging box are, are, are going to be on mobile. Is there any other tips or techniques you would recommend when it comes to video retargeting? I think with video in general, when someone is scrolling, oftentimes, and I'm sure you've seen the same behavior on Facebook and Instagram, when people are scrolling, sometimes they're scrolling very fast. And so the video hasn't loaded yet. So what you want to make sure is any video that you upload, uh, include a, a thumbnail because LinkedIn lets you do that. And that's the placeholder before the video actually starts playing. So include one that's really eye-catching and will get people to slow down. And also the first few frames of the video, make sure there's action going on. Don't have it be like a black fade to the logo for five seconds. That's a total waste of time. You need to get them to stop scrolling. Use a thumb stopper. And I would imagine you can retarget video viewers with non-video ads. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. Maybe just a text ad or something, because uh, maybe if they didn't have time to watch the video, which is linear, maybe they'll be able to skim, you know, the, the similar message in written form, perhaps, right? 
Yeah, I love it. Anyone who's interacted with our content before, they're going to be that much more likely to uh, to click on the ad the next time they see it and make time for us. Now, can you have an ad? Does an ad always have to have a video or a graphic in it or can it be 100% text? Technically, you can have no image on an in-feed ad or even a text ad, but we don't recommend it. At least image is probably the best way to go. Video might obviously takes a little bit more work to, to build video creative. Right. But a static image is simple enough and I think it's really valuable to do. Can you use GIFs? Animated GIFs? Uh, no, unfortunately. We used to be able to. I, I tested it back when we could and they've since disallowed it. So now if you want movement, you have to convert your GIF to a video, like an MP4 or something, and run it as a video ad. If it's a short video, does it loop or does it just stop when it's done? Uh, yeah, I believe it loops. Very cool. All right, let's talk about forms. So when we're talking about remarketing to people who engaged with a form, like what kind of actions when it comes to form form ads, and I'm assuming these are also only ads, right, that we're retargeting here, right? Correct. So, so what kind of actions trigger the possibility of creating a new audience that we could retarget? So if someone clicks on, on any of the ad formats where you have one of these lead gen forms attached, uh, that can be any of the in-feed ads that we call sponsored content or any of the sponsored messaging ads. When they click on the call to action, a drawer will slide down with a form embedded and LinkedIn will attempt to uh, autofill any of the information that they know about that person. So if you're just asking for first name, last name, email, all that will be autofilled and all the prospect has to do is hit the submit button. So what we have is now two separate audiences you can build. Those who opened the form, who at least saw it, but didn't convert. And then those who actually finished filling out the form and are now converted. Awesome. So what would you do if they didn't fill out the form? Like, what's the use case? Like, how would we create an ad? Give us some of your thoughts on that. Well, if they opened the form, at least what they were looking at seemed interesting enough to click on and they were a little bit uh, at least curious. So I think the maybe default for me would be, okay, if they opened the form but didn't submit, let's see for the next month if we can get those people, if we just show them the same ad and maybe when they see it again, they go, oh yeah, I really did want that. And we could try to convince them. The other thing is if they clicked, you know, let's say we ran that for a month and it's not working very well, we might say, well, they clicked on it because it's interesting enough, but that particular asset or offer wasn't enough to push them over the edge. So you know, if they're a CMO, for instance, let's try showing them a different piece of content that a, a senior marketing officer would like. So those are probably the two things I would try. Do you have the possibility of limiting the number of questions that you ask, like, or is it just name and email or what are the options on these formats? Yeah, you, you can ask for uh, pretty much anything in their profile. You can ask for title, company name, company size, industry. You can do custom fields that get passed through. So you can include UTM parameters if you want. Where I'm going with this is maybe you ask too many questions and your next ad should be more simplified, right? Yeah. Just name and email address, right? Yeah, that's a great point. Because maybe that's what stopped them from filling out the form is they felt like they had to reveal too much to get whatever your offer is, right? Yeah. One thing we've found to work really well with these forms is, you know, every sales team is going to tell you like, we need as much information as possible so that we can follow up. And so they'll force you to add in like title and company size and company name. But one of the fields that you can pass through is their LinkedIn profile URL. And if we can just ask for first name, last name, email, 
and profile URL, people aren't afraid to give their profile URL because it's it's public information. So it doesn't slow your conversion rate down at all. But at the same time, a sales rep can hit that link and find out almost anything they need about that person, their title, their, you know, what company, all that. So, so far, these first two types, the video viewers and the forms, these are both engagements with paid ads. This next one, though, the company page one, obviously, that's something we can retarget that didn't require us to have an ad in place, correct? Yes. This is where it gets exciting. Yeah. Talk to me. What can we do with the company page visitors? It's really simple. It's anyone who visited the page, as long as you know LinkedIn knows that they visited that page, which it should be near 100%, you get to place them into an audience. For those who are really familiar with Facebook, uh, Facebook is really kind when you build retargeting audiences because it's paying attention to every action that every user took. So if I went in today and set up an audience, uh, my understanding is if someone would have fit into that audience 15 days ago or 25 days ago, Facebook's going to go, oh, yeah, I remember who they are. And they'll build the list you know, back for you. I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. With LinkedIn, unfortunately, it's not like that. So everyone listening right now, go and set up these audiences so that they're building. And then in the future, if you do decide to use them, then you've got a nice broad audience. That's a great tip. Now, how long do those audiences remain relevant before they start dropping people off the back end, if you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, when, when you set these up, you can tell it how long you'd like the audience to last for. Uh, I believe the minimum is 15 days and I believe the max is 180 should we set up a whole bunch of different ones? Not because we might not know which ones we want to use. Is that where you're going with this or no? Yes, absolutely. I, I, that's exactly what I do. Build every audience that you think you'd ever need or want just so it's there in case you want it. So what qualifies as a page visitor? Does it mean they just simply, you know, like uh, LinkedIn searched my page and then backed away in a few seconds? Do they have to have engaged with the page? I mean, like, any context as to what exactly triggers them as a page visitor? Well, as long as they visited your company page in any way, they could have looked at the employees at the company or the about the company or even clicked through to their URL. Any engagement from a logged in LinkedIn member on their company page is going to count. And this is new and cool because we've never known anything about those who visit the company page because LinkedIn has never shared that stuff with us. Now we can put them into a warm audience because I'm sure as you know, and Michaela Alexis would attest to, people who are on your company page, they are much more likely to buy. This is, you know, your opportunity to sell them on something. Do you have the option to say people who visited my page that are not followers of my page? Because, you know, you have, I forget what they call them on LinkedIn, but you have your followers and then you have yes. people that are not followers, right? Yep, you can totally do that. With LinkedIn's native targeting, you can either target or exclude your company page followers. So what you do is you'd build this audience of anyone who visited the page and then you would actively exclude those who are company page followers and that would give you a net new audience. I love it. Perfect. So I'm kind of remembering you could set up products on your company page as well. Do you have the ability to target people who hit those products or is that not an option? Ooh, not yet, but I'm certain that's coming. The products feature just barely came out. Like some companies it's still being rolled out to actively right now. Got it. But I'm sure we're going to get the ability to, to retarget those who viewed a certain product. So let's talk about creative applications here. What do we do with these company visitors? What are some of the use cases here? You know, if someone has visited my company page, it means that 
they, at least at a deeper level, are considering doing business with us or they're interested in our content. I think those are the best two reasons to visit someone's company page. So I I think what I would want to test, if I could run something that was a little bit more bottom of funnel, like a, a demo or talk to sales, and just see if people who've been to the page are ready for that. And if they're not, I might push them towards something like a webinar, free checklist, cheat sheet, kind of a lead magnet. And I just want to see like, what are they willing to do? The people who are on the page, are they bottom of funnel or are they top of funnel? And I'd want to test that. Can you exclude your competition because your competition might be checking you out? I mean, do you have the option to say, all right, target everybody who uh, is in my country, is not a follower, and who is not uh, employed by one of these companies? Does it give you that level of detail? Yes. This is probably my favorite part about LinkedIn ads. I probably have a few favorites, but inside of matched audiences, we can upload a list of up to 300,000 companies to either target or exclude. So you could either manually enter your competitors in or you know upload them into LinkedIn, add them as, a, as an exclusion, and then you're not showing ads to your competitors. So when you say upload, are you just talking about a CSV file with like literally like the name social media examiner and it would just somehow match it? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. Yeah. The best match rate that you'll have is if you list the company's name and in another column, you have their URL. So if it was socialmediaexaminer.com next to it, Ah. uh, you'd have near 100% match rate. Sweet. That's really cool. Okay. Have you tried out the company page visitors ads yet or for for you and or your clients? Uh, We've run some for clients. The initial results uh, on the ones that we've run them for, they have relatively few I guess, little traffic on their company page. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the challenges we have on any sort of display, right? Like low click-through rates means it's going to be hard to get enough data. So, it, I mean, you've got to get at least the first 300 people there to be able to even run the ad. And then if you're targeting an, an audience of only 300 people, it's not going to spend money very quickly. So I, I hope to see results here in the next few weeks. But maybe there's some companies listening that have really optimized their pages and they come up high in the search results and they might have a mass amount of people coming to their page. And they might not even know, right? Because, or do they know? I'm trying to remember. Does Yeah, I think LinkedIn does tell you basic analytics or do they not? I'm trying to remember. If you're not an advertiser, do they, do they give you any sense of how many people are visiting your page or do you only get that data once you set up that audience? Yeah, I, I haven't been into the analytics for a while, but I'm pretty certain that they'll at least tell you like general levels of traffic on the page. They will tell you a little bit about the types of content that it's getting people to engage. But just recently, and I'm really happy for this one, they released the ability to see who is following your company page and the month that they followed. Mm. So now if you get a little bit creative, you can extract that data and plot, like, what was I doing this month where we all of a sudden increased our followers by 10%? That's the kind of stuff we can build now. Awesome. Do you find that the retargeting is more economical than the cold targeting? Yeah, it it usually is. The way that their auction works, and I I don't know if this is intended or not, but the more options that you add into a a target, the higher the floor price goes of where you have to start bidding. Mm. So if, if we're doing a retargeting, let's say it's anyone who visited the company page and maybe we're excluding competitors from that, but it's a very simple target. You're saying target only this one facet, we're going to be able to pay, if you're targeting in North America, which probably most are, you'll probably end up paying like half or a third of of what an original click would cost 
than if you were layering on like, hey, they've got to be VP and of this company size and in this industry. Well, and you know, the other side of me is thinking, you know, if you have a website with a lot of traffic and you link to your company page, you're going to have a lot of inbound traffic on the mobile phone, particularly, right? Someone might click and go check you out on LinkedIn, but not necessarily follow you, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and, th- and that way you could, if you want to, retarget them to follow or retarget them to do something else, right? And I would imagine you could get creative because the pixel is still an option, right? So, or is it not? Can't you say like, it is. If, if they visited my website and they visited my company page within the last X days, right? And they're not a follower, then maybe I could target them with something special, right? Yeah, I, I totally love it. You can still retarget website visitors with the pixel, but especially with the iOS 14 update where, you know, basically any iOS device doesn't have to keep a cookie unless you're logged in. I learn all of this stuff from Simon Poulton, if any of you guys know who he is. You know, you probably only end up getting about a quarter of your audience into a retargeting. But if you can get that traffic to click to your company page where LinkedIn will identify 100% of them who are at least logged in and have a LinkedIn account, then I think that's a great flow. Can you update, upload an email list for retargeting? Is that an option? Yes, absolutely. And this is even a little bit of a hack too. I, I haven't been sharing this one very widely, but the big challenge that most of us face when we're uploading audiences into LinkedIn is, you know, are they using their company email or are they using a personal email? Mm. Well, what we found is uh, we don't even need to include email if we know first name, last name, company name, and job title because LinkedIn knows all of that information really well. So we've been uploading audiences and getting near 100% match rates of, uh, even excluding the email address entirely. Fascinating. All right, let's talk about the LinkedIn events. Um, What is that exactly and what can we do with the retargeting there? So anyone who's played with LinkedIn Live uh, has probably been through this situation where they go, ooh, I know I'm going to plan a live and I'm just going to hit go and hope that some people who are on the platform at that time go, ooh, okay, I have nothing better to do. And so it's, it's really daunting when you go live for the first time and see that only three people showed up. <laughs> so uh, I wished for a long time, I wish we could schedule a live so we could let people know and have a URL that we could share out on other networks. And so then LinkedIn released events and it's going to be both for in-person and virtual events. Um, so you could use an event to advertise for a um, webinar. Yeah, for a webinar or an in-person event that's paid, that's free, you can do all that stuff. And you can attach a LinkedIn Live to it. So now we can schedule a live. Let's assume we do a LinkedIn event. What kind of retargeting can we do to the people that interact with that event or maybe RSVP for that event? Yeah, so if they click that they're interested in the event and they want to be notified, they want to attend, then they can become a, a custom audience that you can now retarget. So I love the idea of, you know, if you have a webinar, the majority of us who run webinars will find that only, you know, 40 to 50% of people will show up to it. And that's a real waste. But if you know that this is a really valuable webinar, they're going to learn something from it. I love the idea of retargeting all of them and saying, hey, we're only a week out until this ultra valuable webinar. You know, make sure it's on your calendar and same thing like two or three days ahead of it and see if like some relatively cheap traffic will get your your show rates much higher on the webinar. Well, can you also target people who after it was over with? You understand where I'm going with that? Like, let's say we had an event and the webinar is over with and 
I'm pitching something now. So can I just target everybody who, um, said that they were RSVP'd with that event to, um, with an ad to directly sell something? What I would do is if you were going to run that webinar through something like a webinar jam or zoom or something, um, collect the email list from there, collect any details about the people and then upload those contacts into a separate list. I, I don't think LinkedIn will differentiate between anyone who, uh, signed up to say they were interested in the event and those who stayed to the very end. Um, but you could do that if you had their emails. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is for LinkedIn events, it's really meant to be retargeting more to make sure they show up than necessarily post event. Is that correct? Yeah. And when you're doing more events in the future, it's a warm audience of people who've already showed interest on a past one. So it should be much more likely for them to want to get involved in this one too. So you can build this like this groundswell of people who love to attend your events. In all of these cases, do we have to go in and manually set up these audiences in order for this to work? Or I know you said for company pages, I believe you said you got to do that, right? Because it's from that moment forward. Same thing with events and same thing with the forms and the videos. I would imagine that's all done kind of, you have to think in advance in order to set these audiences up. Is that correct? Yep, you do. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. I wish we could do it in arrears like you can do on Facebook. But um, yeah, the super important to get those audiences built as fast as you can. Let's talk about um, conversation ads. This is something you and I briefly spoke about as something brand new or relatively new uh, to LinkedIn. What is that exactly? Yeah, so we've had what used to be called sponsored in-mail and now is called message ads. We've had these for quite a while. And what it is, is it's unlike the other ads where you can say, I'm only willing to pay when someone clicks. These are ones where you pay per person you send to. It drops in their messaging box on LinkedIn and it's kind of like a, like a cold email to them, like an email rental. And the big challenge that we've had with these is, you know, you send someone a message and if they're not interested, they kind of, they open it to clear it and then they look at it and go, eh, not for me and they leave. Mm -hmm. Well, what you can do with this new conversation ad, it's the same kind of inventory, but instead of just dropping a message in their box, you're now asking them a question. So you could say something like, hey, are you coming to this event? And if they say yes, you can say, well, hey, come visit our booth. We've got some cool swag for you. Or if they say no, you can say, cool, how about you attend this webinar next week where we're covering a lot of the stuff that's going to be covered at the conference. Is this almost like an automation sequence? It is. It totally is. Uh, it's like a really simple version, like a simple chat bot. So Facebook is light years ahead, but it's like the really simple version where you get to define your logic tree of where you want to lead people. Very fascinating. And it appears as if you're interacting with the page. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Yep. Uh, when you respond, let's say you click the button that says yes, it'll show like dot, 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 like someone's typing and there's a little bit of a delay and you can call them by their, their first name or you can call out their company size or title or uh, any of that stuff. So it, it can feel very personal. You, do you need third-party tools to pull this off or is this all done within the LinkedIn ads platform, if you will? Yeah, unfortunately, it's all built within LinkedIn's platform. Uh, I think in the future, they'll probably integrate with the mobile monkeys and the WeChats. Um, but as of right now, you build it all natively. Okay, cool. The good news is you don't need any extra tools. The bad news is maybe it's not super intuitive is what I'm hearing from your voice. <laughs> yeah. When we build a message ad, it takes our team about five minutes per. Uh, when we build a conversation ad, uh, no joke, it takes us about 35 minutes per. Wow. It's, a lengthy process. Well, I, I get it because there's all these different logic things that are in play, right? So exactly. 
Awesome. Well, uh, AJ, this has been amazing. And you're going to be speaking. Uh, you're one of the awesome speakers that's going to be at the social media marketing workshops coming up in March. And you're going to be speaking on a subject that's everything you need to know to succeed with LinkedIn ads. I would love it if you could just share a quick minute about what you're going to be focused on during that two-hour workshop. Yes. And Mike, I'm so excited to be included in this. I, I know the the speakers at Social Media Marketing World, the last like five years I've been there, they're always top notch. The workshops this year are going to be no different. When I teach about LinkedIn ads, generally, like we went really deep here into the retargeting side of things and, and the custom audiences, but there's so many potential mistakes that you can make on LinkedIn because the costs are so much higher. Any mistake you make is going to become an expensive mistake. So our goal here is to take you from the very beginning of maybe you've never advertised on LinkedIn before, all the way to you have all of the armor and ammo you need to go and be successful and you know not waste money, not be taken advantage of. We'll cover everything from how to target certain audiences, the best way to create creative and the best way to A-B test, how to get the lowest pricing, all of that good stuff. Awesome. AJ, this has been amazing. If people want to check out your podcast, where do you want to send them? And if they want to check out you specifically, where do you want to send them? Oh, I love it. So I do have the LinkedIn ads show podcast and anyone who thought that this geeky conversation today was worth digging deeper into, uh, got currently 43 episodes that go you know, just as deep, if not deeper. Plus listen, especially to episode 28 because Michael Stelzner was the guest and I'm sure you'll love to hear him uh, reversed on the mic. Just any podcast player you use, just do a search for LinkedIn ads and you'll see me. I'm a redhead guy who's smiling at you and you know, would love to have you as a subscriber. You can also visit us at b2linked.com slash SME for Social Media Examiner. And you'll find links to everything here that, that we mentioned that's cool. And of course, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, just search for AJ Wilcox and just make sure to customize the invite and say, I heard you on Mike's show. That way I know to accept it. Yeah, and it's B and then the number two and then linked.com slash SME if you want to go directly to AJ. AJ, thank you so much for coming on and answering my millions upon millions of questions related <laughs> to LinkedIn ads. It was awesome. It is my pleasure. Have me back anytime. Hey, I hope you found a lot of I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And by the way, if you missed anything from today's dialogue, we took all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 443. New to the show? Hit the subscribe button. Not new to the show? 
Hey, I would love it if you'd let your friends know about this show. I'm at Stelzner over on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.